0: You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. TikTok talk except I'm going to mix stuff up and not be mixed up <laughs> the way my brain works it's cold in the D. I lift up a copy of boss gags Lido shuffle on it and I'm just like Lido! <laughs> it's gonna be my shit right there <laughs> Oh so I'm gonna do it you don't know it's just a special episode where we just talk about boss gags the entire episode oh my god <laughs> was boss gags in a movie was he in a movie? I don't know. I get to talk about my Rex. I'm gonna say boss gags. Everybody should everybody should uh listen to Boss Gags this week. <laughs> God Boss Gags IMDB. Let's see. Uh he has an IMDB. He was in he was born in Canton, Ohio. Okay. In, this motherfucker born in Canton. Um he has two credits. One was from Boss Gags, Live in Concert, and The Tonight Show with Jay Leno as a musical guest. That's dumb. He was on 51 <laughs> Soundtracks. How many of those are Whoopi Goldberg movies that might or might not have Sam Shepard in them? Let's see. <laughs> roll the dice on that? I can, we can do that. I'm going to go back to the 80s. He was Urban Cowboy. Um, okay. Inside Moves. Um, let's see oh he did a song in drop zone the he wow. uh um wesley snipes uh um what was that movie God, what is wrong with me uh point break ripoff drop yeah. zone the he did a mo- song man i'm telling you 97 was his peak he peaked in 97 drop zone devil zone copland <laughs> just really killing it oh he did a he had a the Lido Shuffle was in episode one of Jackass.
1: Of course it was.
0: I'm Boss Kags. Oh. This is Jackass. You know,
1: there was a thing. By the way, welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs, by the Lacey's way, folks. He's yelling at
0: me, by the way, about not knowing enough about Jackass to know that the Lido Shuffle was in the first episode of
1: it. Yeah. Uh. Speaking of Drop Zone, there was a theme park uh, back uh, home when I was growing up. And for a while, Paramount owned it. And uh, so because Paramount owned it, they were starting to name names after movies. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we had a rip off of the Batman roller coaster from Six Flags and they named it off of uh, Top Gun. Mm -hmm. And then we we had a drop tower ride. and It was called Drop Zone.
0: We had (laughs) Kings Island used to be a Paramount Park and they had the Top Gun. They had the Drop Zone. They had um, the uh, what was the Mini Cooper movie that Mark Wahlberg was not believable in? What was that one? Oh, the Italian job. Yeah, they had the Italian job ride like it was cool. Like there was lots of cool stuff. There was Star Trek stuff. It was cool. But
1: what I loved is, is that they opened up a. Theme not theme park, but a water park inside the theme park, where they took they took out this like area of wasted land basically and turned it into water slides and a wave pool
0: mm-hmm.
1: and named it after Crocodile Dundee.
0: That's fantastic. What was called Crocodile.
1: It was a uh, cro- The area was called Crocodile Dundee's Boomerang Beach.
0: Yeah, I think ours was called Boomerang Bay, but it wasn't named after Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> it was called This Is a Knife Water Park. You call that a, you call that a knife?
1: And then I, what I loved also was that we had a figure skating show because in, in one of the theaters. They turned the theater into an, uh, a figure skating show, and it was a figure skating show themed off of the best of Paramount. And they had an entire ice skating Star Trek ballet. Nice. And we had we had a moment in the show they're like we've discovered a new race you know it was our mission to seek out new life forms we found one and it was like this weird butterfly costume thing ballet that was going on and she was figure skating to the love theme from star trek the motion yes.
0: picture Yes. <laughs> the our, our ice show was just called uh i think it was called all holes filled with grease and it was just grease forever <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, we had a grease moment. Um, yeah, there was there was a grease ice skating moment. There was the Star Trek one. Uh, there was a, a a couple of like cinema classic ones. That's nice. Um, there was a Saturday Night Fever moment. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was quite the train wreck. I miss it. It was I such you know, a I miss train wreck of a show.
0: I miss all the Paramount like stuff that they had because like they they had all the Paramount stuff and then at that point they had some scooby-doo stuff Mm -hmm. um like we had a kind of um phantom we had a thing called the phantom theater which is a sit down go through ride like you just ride a little thing around it used to be smurfs which was super rad it was like an it's a small world type of situation Mm -hmm. um and then they went scooby-doo with it and i missed that because that was super fun but what are we doing
1: (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) real quick real quick you saw beverly hills cop three right sure that theme park is the theme park I'm mm, talking about. Okay. So, so when he, when he's doing that stunt scene on that, like triple Ferris wheel thing from hell, basically yeah. the, the bird cages. <laughs> so that was a very popular ride at that park, but, because of the stunt work that was done on that ride, it destroyed the ride. So after Beverly Hills Cop Three was done, was wrapped filming, they had to tear the ride down.
0: That's all right. After the Banana Splits went to Kings Island, it was kind of destroyed too. So <laughs> <laughs> until until they let the Bradys come come in, yeah. <laughs> and they got the, the I always thought that that uh, Kings Island really missed the boat for not just consistently selling the cursed amulet. Just, just having that in every shop there, I think they really dropped the ball on that.
1: <laughs> oh man! So, but that's not what we're talking about on this episode.
0: We're talking uh, about uh, boss gags, Lido. <laughs> this is what happened to uh, record late on a Saturday. <laughs> exactly. So
1: um, a little bit of a life update for everybody here real quick. Uh, we This month we were supposed to have uh, this big episode where we interviewed uh, the, the cast of Midnight Mass and we were going to discuss all about evil. Well, my computer died like right on the eve of this interview and so was not able to do it. And so we're going to reschedule the episode, hopefully – our schedule matches up with the midnight mass schedule again. So we've decided because of that, we're going to put the episode, the actual movie itself on the back burner until we get things done. I kind of have like, thanks to a friend, I've got like a makeshift podcasting studio going right now, but it's not an actual podcasting studio, but it's like you're watching Ina Garten on the Food Network, and if you can't find Madagascar vanilla, then store-bought is fine. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: you empty a bottle of store-bought vanilla in there, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like that right now. So we're at least able to still do uh, the show there. So what I've decided instead is we're still doing Andy's movie. So that that's, that's no-brainer. We're still doing that one this month. But I decided to change up my movie. Uh, not only because you've never even heard of this thing, but when I was bringing it up to my cult Cinema friends, they were in shock you've never heard of this movie because uh, of how notorious it is.
0: Well, and so, I have a I have a text from producer Chris here saying that we should talk about our Rex first. <laughs> Remember, we were doing that thing where we talked about stuff we liked.
1: Yes, we should we do that. Do, we're going to do <laughs> we're that. We're going to do that because,
0: well. you know what? You know what, you know what, Diamond it is. It's Boss Skags time. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Chris no. Stop texting me the word Boss Skags over and over again. What's he <laughs> doing? Where is he?
1: Is he in the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know. It could be worse. It could be Doc and the kangaroo.
0: <laughs> it could be. Yeah, you're right. It could be trapped in the closet, which is what I'm going to threaten. That's the boogie end oh. of this show now. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm going to threaten you with that any time you get out of line, Roy. <laughs> is, that, is, is that what you're into right now? Is is
1: the R. Kelly trapped in the closet? No. Are you getting <laughs> chooky with it, with the R. Kelly trapped in the chew-y closet? I'm
0: getting chooky with 89 hours of R. Kelly's trapped <laughs> in the closet. I have R. Kelly trapped in my closet right now. <laughs> I was trapped in the closet. Some nice clothes in this closet. <laughs> and then I got out of
1: my closet. Gun. I oh
0: what what is that i still think we should do it at some point i, I would really
1: love do. the fact that he
0: actually said it was a fucking midget like <laughs> seven paywalls <laughs> We're gonna do it. you got to go through that like a dnd quest to get to us doing trapped in the closet um <laughs> yeah what am i into i could say a lot of things right now including boss gags um I could say that I got the sequel to the WNUF Halloween special. Uh, in the I'm so the
1: jealous. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so that jealous.
0: I watched it. I'm saving it for Halloween. Um, I'm saving it for marriage. I will say <laughs> this. Prey on Hulu is the bet. might be the best Predator movie they've ever made. Only yeah. reason saying Predator is probably better is because... It's Predator. You know, it's mm-hmm. the movie. But this movie is phenomenal, man. Like, take the two hours. Watch it. It's got a good boy dog in it. Great acting. Perfect formula. Just, they nailed it. They yeah, nailed it. I'm,
1: I plan on watching it this weekend. I haven't seen it yet because they've released so much oh on God. streaming this weekend in August. Oh I mean, it's only the first week of August, dude. We already have, like, seven Billion mussy things that have mm-hmm. been dropped, mm-hmm. uh, but I do plan on. I was kind of nervous about Prey, and then I started hearing everyone saying that this is the the movie we should have gotten instead of Predator Two or Predators <laughs> or Alien <laughs> versus Predator or anything like that.
0: So, <laughs> so I'm I mean, glad to hear. Ever, I know it's been said before online, but I'm going to say it again here because it was my initial response. My brain went straight to it. Okay, cool. Let's just every year. Make a Predator movie, just different time periods, just drop a Predator into the Civil War, drop a Predator into uh, Neanderthal, drop a Predator into feudal Japan, just every year. Let's make a Predator movie now because you've hit you've hit it.
1: And the thing is, is I remember growing up because I remember when Predator 2 came out and when they made that revelation about how they've been here for every single major conflict on the planet because, hey, Slim Pickens, nobody's going to realize these people were killed by a Predator anyway. I remember hearing something about that there was going to be one set during the Civil War, and I remember going, oh, that's going to be awesome. And instead we got Alien vs. Predator, which, which should have been awesome,
0: but turned out to be a piece of junk. See, uh, the only other one I like – well, I liked the most recent one. That Didn't James Gunn do the most recent one?
1: I don't know if James Gunn did or not. I can't remember who did the most recent one. The it was most, somebody big. I know yeah, that.
0: That was fun with Keenan with, uh, Michael Key, and um, that was a fun movie the one they did with Adrian Brody wasn't bad. I liked the cons- the concept of that one. You know, the, the mm-hmm. world's greatest killers, you gather them up and you drop them into a theme, you know, a, a themed hunting park for predators and you let them hunt them. That was good.
1: Shane black. He's the one that did ah, in 2018. Okay. Yeah, Shane black.
0: Yeah. That, that explains, that explains why uh, somebody asked uh, if that was a talking ficus. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shane, I love you, baby. Um, only the best for Shane. Um, yeah. and, um, and then this one, like they just, it just works so well. Mm. Like I can't wait to watch it. You just watch, that's what I'm going to say. Just everybody watch it and listen to Bosscax. Um, <laughs> what do you got, man? What are you into right now? What are you Jones? And what are you liking?
1: I got two for you. Oh, okay. Um, first of all, <laughs> um, First and foremost, the Sandman. I mean, ah, uh, okay. uh, uh, it's so it was worth the 30 year journey to uh, <laughs> live action. I mean, it's it's so good. I mean, I I was very nervous because I'm like, don't 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 fuck this up. This is, you know, this is a great comic book. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's unlike any comic book that has ever existed. And still to this day, I mean, it's such a unique comic book. I was like, okay, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? Oh, mwah. chef's kiss. I really? just okay. really well done. I, the art direction is gorgeous. The acting is perfect. Gwendolyn Christie as death. Ah, oh, yes. I mean, she's so good. And I mean, just, I I, I, I just can't stop raving <laughs> okay. about it. I okay. it's just, I definitely, that one and the return of Beavis and Butthead. Oh,
0: you have been Blowing me up with it's cold <laughs> in the deep. Blowing me up with Beavis and ButtHead shit for the past. I movie, man. I mean,
1: this was a strong return, and it's not like I mean, I loved the movie Beavis and ButtHead Do the Universe, but the first two episodes of this new series that dropped, I it was just a ball, a home run in the ballpark, and because. You've got four hilarious tales, plus also them watching videos. The one with the ASMR is hilarious. But the, the, to me, and according to a lot of other people, was the best moment as well as us finding out that Beavis is a fan of BTS and part of the <laughs> BTS army. That whole scene just was so damn funny that I was almost crying because I was laughing so hard. Uh Especially when Beavis is trying to backtrack and he can't backtrack because he starts describing like intimate details about <laughs> the members of the band and everything. Uh, that, uh, Beavis and Butthead take on escape rooms. Uh, of course, they, they take on ASMR videos. They take on farmer's markets. Uh <laughs> God, it's just it's a solid, solid opening, and I if if this is how the rest of the season or the rest of the series is going to be, this is a much welcomed return for these two idiots. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, so I love that's, that's I love what I'm on but right Head. now. So I'm gonna I'll I'm going to watch both of those for sure. Probably in the next week. You have to watch Prey and let me know what you think though. I
1: I will say Butthead has given us the ASMR slap across the face. Okay, which I <laughs> see being turned into something like a TikTok challenge or something. Uh oh, they even that's the yeah. other thing. They also make fun of TikTok. They they, right. tack, they tackle TikTok as well. But uh yeah the ASMR slap is just that that that's piece of resistance is when that happens during the ASMR video.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: So the movie that I have decided on is very hard to find. Very, very hard to find these days. Uh, I managed to find a copy of it, and the only way that I'm going to be able to have you see this movie is I have to put it in my Dropbox and send it to you dropped by my Dropbox. Well, so it's streaming. another Kiss
0: Meets the Phantom of the Park situation.
1: <laughs> yes, except with Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, they did you know it was available in the box set. This was briefly released on home video, but it has not made the jump from DVD, and the film is in the vault. It's it's in moratorium. You can't find it anywhere. Okay. Uh, this film is from 1987. It's called Anguish. Okay. And those who are familiar with the movie know how fucked up this film is. Uh, the film was a gigantic financial disaster of the box office, even though the trailer made this look like it was going to be terrifying, especially since it's a horror film starring Zelda Rubenstein from, from <laughs> Poltergeist. Um, I mean, the trailer's creepy. I mean, when you see the trailer, you'll understand the trailer is creepy for this thing. But the reason why this film bombed so hard was it turned out the film was overlaid with a ton of creepy subliminal messages that's awesome and truth came out they actually had to add a disclaimer at the beginning of the film that not only were there going to be subliminal messages but you would also experience mild hypnosis in the movie in order for (laughs) you to succumb to the subliminal messages so they had to have a disclaimer saying During this film you're about to see, you will be subjected to subliminal messages and mild hypnosis. This will cause you no physical harm or lasting effect. But if for any reason you lose control or feel that your mind is leaving your body, leave the auditorium immediately.
0: (laughs) Your mind is leaving your body. So this isn't a 1950s style like tingler
1: no, no,
0: they, they 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 went straight
1: full. And they thought this was the next, uh, and this film came from Spain. So Spain thought this was the next level of horror in the '80s. What are we going to do next? Let's literally mind fuck the audience.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And the audience went no, thank you. <laughs> uh, the film cost two million dollars to make in 1987, oh, and then everybody. the u. In the U.S. box office, it grossed $228,789. It tanked. Uh, the film, though, has went on to become a cult film. Since since being released on home video, they've removed all the subliminal messaging stuff. They've stripped so the it all version, away.
0: Is the version that we're going to watch sans subliminal messages?
1: It is sans subliminal um, messages, yeah. I mean, it does have a, a little bit of the like hypnosis part in there because it actually is an integral part of the plot. But, yeah, the subliminal messages apparently have been stripped away from the film in order to be able to legally release it on home video. All right. So that's apparently how strong it was. Uh, I'm not really going to tell you anything about this movie because I want you going in as cold turkey as possible with this thing. Just know it stars Zelda (laughs) Zelda Rubenstein as this overbearing mother. Um, and it also stars character actor Michael Lerner as a, as her son, uh, who is, his eyes are kind of slowly deteriorating because of his diabetes. That's all you need to know. All right. That's all you need to know about this movie.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm into Uh. it. (laughs) I wish it still had, is there a, there's no version out there at this point that has the subliminal messages?
1: From, from what I understand, that version has been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, because of... The negativity around it, which makes me wonder just what the hell were those subliminal messages in the movie if you were going to experience something like your brain leaving your body or something like that. And with what the film's subject matter is, you'll see after you watch the movie, it also terrifies me as to what those subliminal messages would have been as well, because Uh, this is a bizarre fucked up film. It really is. And yeah. So if, if any, if, if anybody out there listening happened to have seen this in the theater, when it came out, let us know, uh, either on our Twitter account at these films exist or, or some way, let us know, did you feel anything? Did anything happen? Did, did your brain leave its
0: body? Um, did, yeah, I would like discomfort? to. I would <laughs> like to know what those were, and and I would like to see a version with them. I realize that we're not going to be able to, but <laughs> if there's if there's a hidden version, now that we've said it, Vinegar Syndrome is going to release it with their oh, own yeah. supplemental messages that are just. Um, cut scenes from New York
1: Ninja. No, it's going to be be cut scenes of It's So Cold in the D with Beavis and Butthead doing the twerk.
0: It's so cold (laughs) in the D. Yeah, it'll be good. Alright, yeah, I'm ready. I want to watch this. It's going to be good, man.
1: Alrighty. Get ready, folks. Uh, We will be right back after we have uh, witnessed... uh, Well, I've seen it, so I know what I'm getting into, but after Andy witnesses anguish mrs pressman had high hopes for her son john john is your best boy isn't he, mother yes
0: john you're my best boy and the best surgeon in town but the world conspired against him i told you to take these things out of my eyes don't get upset i, I take don't... them out do you hear me do you hear me do you hear me do you hear me don't be sorry
1: until john found a way Please his mother. Well, you did a good job, John. Add to his
0: collection. All the eyes of the city will be ours. (laughs) And even get into the movies. One place. You have no idea what it's like to really suffer. happens when you disobey
1: mother
0: anguish do you think uh, do you think zelda had like i'm sure she had a script i well i'm not i'm not gonna not even gonna give it that i'm sure she had some direction on what she was doing but do you think she had any stage direction or do you think no. all of the things she was doing were just like Like, it was, like, the worst improv. Like, they just got a set and just put a bunch of stuff in it. And she was doing whatever she was doing. Like, picking up the conch shell to speak psychically. (laughs) What? It makes us strong. It makes us strong. You better play that. You better take that, and you better put that to Better Off Alone. Or Please Don't Stop the Music by Rhiannon. I synced those up in my car today. (laughs) (laughs) That record somebody find me the Zelda hypnosis record, which how does that work? Because he's not looking at the record. She puts on her her wiggity woo, you know, like swirly white and black record that nobody's looking at. It's not making noise. I don't
1: think. No, it's not making any noise. She just tells, think of the spiral. Think of the circle. It makes you strong. (laughs) I, this i was fuck, i was, wait, fuck, I was but, waiting i was waiting for her to start talking about you know carol ann being taken away it to yeah i was just waiting for that
0: it would have made as much sense as anything else she said in the entire movie explain <laughs> the birds and also the snail or snails. I think we only saw one snail.
1: Well, she, she had a bowl of them as we Get found a out, and they and they they of like, snails. she had a bowl of snails because why not? And a cage filled with like I guess twenty pigeons indoors. Yeah. And you know, she's into cross knitting apparently, yeah, and she, she,
0: she knits a lot, and she sits in her house and communicates mm-hmm. cyclically with her son, the eye doctor. Yeah. The best eye surgeon in the city, by the way. Yes, Eugene the best Berman. eye surgeon
1: in the city. Yes, and um, she keeps, you know, talking about think of the
0: blood, the blood's going to your head, so, and now it goes to your eyes. So, I mean, here, here's, the, I don't, I don't care about what these people think of me right now. <laughs> this was a, you tell me this was a movie within a movie within a movie.
1: Pretty much, yes. I
0: appreciated what um, Inception did, the movie Inception, but Mm -hmm. I didn't like it, and this was worse than that.
1: (laughs) Well, because the the thing is is, is that this one pulls the rug under your feet because – I mean, at least with Inception, when you have the dream within the dream within the dream that you you are immediately brought to the concept, that's the dream within a dream within a dream. You have no idea that this film is a movie within a movie because in the first you know 30 minutes of the film, it's this story of this guy who is diabetic and he has bad eyes, but he's treated like shit by everybody and mom's had enough with it. So she hypnotizes him to cut everyone's eyes out
0: but she's also psychic
1: and she's psychic
0: yeah and then all of a sudden yeah
1: (laughs) and she's psychic and then all of a sudden we pull away to realize that you know this is a movie called mother that's being watched in a movie theater by a bunch of people who are being disturbed as hell by it because apparently they start getting under the hypnosis that she's putting her son through in the movie and, it, and
0: it, <laughs> I mean, you, that's one way to say it the other way to say it is they're getting horny af from whatever that's the horniest movie audience at a thriller movie i have ever seen Can somebody explain like was the girl so the, our star i guess our uh, we'll call her the star um is falling under the the influence of of Zelda Rubenstein's hypnosis, and, and not, and she's not enjoying it. I or is she? Because here's the thing: like, did the director just? She was like, "I have never. I don't know what how you're supposed to act when you're under hypnosis. Have you ever been horny? Yeah, okay. I just do the horny. Just it's do the horny.
1: Funny that you mentioned that actually, because the director of of this movie is uh not known for making horror films um the director of this film who is Bigus luna is actually more known for making like sensual erotic sure films yeah uh, his, uh, his most famous film is uh the film Hamon Hamon with uh um penelope cruz and Javier bartem this is his, one of his most famous film this is his first and from I understand his first and only horror film he's ever made um but yeah so if you picked up on any like accidental eroticism it's because that's his bread and butter basically
0: i'm not gonna i i don't i you can say accidental i don't know if i buy that <laughs>
1: But I I forget. I forgot that actually at one point uh, in the sequence when she is hypnotizing her son for the second time and is also hypnotizing the movie going audience at the same time that it goes full tilt. Ken Russell at that point. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, wow, yeah, guess guess direction by Ken Russell, because, you know, with him thinking he he's being mentally attacked by the birds and it's all swirling around i i was really waiting to see um, oh god uh, what's this william hurt come out of nowhere starting <laughs> to turn into an anthropithecus <laughs> Just how crazy it was. Yeah, and Margaret start writhing in beans or something like that. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, I mean, this movie should have been titled. It should have been titled Anguish. It should have been titled Uncomfortable. The movie. <laughs> the whole movie just makes you uncomfortable the whole oh, time. Oh yeah. If, and if that was the point, kudos. Great job. That was job. the point. Yeah. That Out was of the, the park.
1: Point. Yeah, he wanted to make a movie that made everyone feel absolutely uncomfortable. And in my opinion, he succeeded because if you if you didn't have the confusion of the movie within the movie and then surprise within a movie. um,
0: So I need to know. So all the
1: all the eyeball stuff. Oh, no, no,
0: don't. I don't do eyeball stuff. I mean, that uh, (laughs) audition (laughs) that like anything that's eyeball like like. No, I can't. Like that is, that is Ful- my thing. That is the that is the trigger warning that I need on a movie. This includes eyeball stuff, and I'll be like, okay, I'm, yeah, I knew going in. You had told me that there was eyeball stuff, but I the 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 sacrifices I make for this show.
1: Falchi watched this movie and said, that's too much eyeball stuff.
0: Yeah, back off the can you <laughs> can you pull back on some of that eyeball stuff? How many eyeballs are you carrying in your pocket right now? Five.
1: I'm- cool. I forgot how much of it it was in this movie, too, because I because I just mainly remember the whole plot twist that comes out of nowhere. And so, when um you know, when they're jumping back and forth between what's happening in the movie and what's actually happening in the theater of the people watching the movie and that one guy who has apparently watched the movie so many times that he's permanently hypnotized into thinking he's the main character from the movie mother. Um
0: <laughs> Right. The,
1: which is just like Jesus
0: Christ, you know. The lunatic is on the grass. That guy, yeah. Yes. Uh, um, Ned Flanders.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Ned Flanders killer. <laughs> I just all of the eyeball ga- eyeball gouging that happens in the movie. I forgot about all of it. I was like, damn, this is a lot of eyeball gouging.
0: There's a lot it, of uncomfortable bird stuff, which I don't like mm-hmm. either. There's eyeball stuff like we,
1: we see a live. A, a snail that's still alive in slow motion gets squished by Zelda Rubinstein.
0: I'm still uh, mad that we pulled away from that movie. At <laughs> that point, I was invested in what the fuck was happening in that movie, which doesn't make any sense, but I was there for it. I'm like, okay, I'm now invested in, in the eyeball killer. And, um,. And Zelda Rubinstein and he's getting trapped in a movie theater with no escape and like just because he goes off the rocker when he decides to make decisions for himself. Yeah. And like I, I was like, I'm in this and you keep pulling out to show me this girl running, being scared in a bathroom. Um, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, she walks up to, uh, like, uh, one of the members of the village people. It's like, there's a killer
0: inside the theater. Oh, honey, it's okay. And then he goes in. He's like, oh, shit, there's
1: blood.
0: I I was waiting for Tom Atkins to show up and just be like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Everybody, shut up. Tom Atkins, this movie's over. I'm shutting it down. That's the movie within a movie within a movie within a movie.
1: But this is the third time I've seen this film. And I caught on a hint for the very first time to show that what the plot twist is and it's it's like the most obvious fake cigarette burn ever in a oh, movie. In the movie yes yeah. yes so I when that, that when that cigarette burn happened i because if you notice when the second one came up that's when it started to reveal it was a movie within a movie and i went because you start seeing that the screen, it starts looking a little faded on the side and you start seeing little black bars. And I went, aha, there, right there is that. where it telegraphed that this is a movie within a movie.
0: I noticed that big ass cigarette burn. It was in the upper right hand corner. It was just like huge. It was like a quarter of the screen or an eighth of the screen. And I was like, that's weird. But yeah, it was, you know, it was
1: as bigger than the one in Fight Club. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm
0: like, but it is a you know, product of its time, I guess, maybe, you know, I didn't think it. I, it didn't occur to me that that would have something to do with the switch, but I did notice that it was pretty obvious.
1: Yeah. I started, uh, I, I, cause like I said, the picture itself started changing at that point, very subtly. But then at, at, after the subtleness was done, it was just like, okay, nope, here's the audience watching this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that twist got me though. But I think it was – I don't there – there was no clear way of telegraphing it, so, like, I don't feel like I, I was dumb for not getting it. But that twist got me. Like, all of a sudden, we're just in the theater, and I'm like, what the what the hell just happened? What are we doing?
1: <laughs> and, what's gr- and what's great is, is that the trailer for the movie – doesn't reveal that the whole the trailer for the movie when the when the trailer came out it makes you think that the whole film is about zelda rubenstein and her (laughs) son it it gives no hint whatsoever to the 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 film within the film and i love it for that because it is such an unexpected bait and switch and it's so confusing i the first time i remember the first time i saw it and it happened it pissed me off too so i was like wait a minute what, what, what's going on? And when I watched it a second time, because the film was fucking haunting me, um, especially with Zelda talking about it makes it strong. <laughs> yeah. I, I finally sat down and watched it again. And after taking it in the second time, I, I, I think that the true ending that the movie has, it didn't need. But I loved the I love the plot twist idea of that. This is a film within a film
0: so the film within a film and then you're saying there's a an a third part of that yes so so how do you get there cuz i don't know how we got there
1: that just came out of nowhere and that's why i i that that's one element of the movie i don't like is the true ending to the film i i don't think it needed that last mind fuck because it felt like as if the director was like you know, I I have this charcuterie board of what the fuckery going on in this movie, but it's missing something. Meanwhile, it's like overflowing with like insanity, insanity and eyeballs and goo and popcorn and you know overacting and everything. But he felt like he needed to just tag one more plot twist on top of it out of nowhere and i mean it would have been one thing if it had just ended the way that it did with that ridiculous what i call the friday the 13th part three ending where it just makes absolute no logical sense whatsoever for it to be how it was but then for the credits to start rolling and the credits are actually on a movie screen in a movie theater. <laughs> and we see an audience slowly starting to get up after watching the film, telling us that this whole thing was a movie within a movie within a movie. I was like, okay, now that's just a little too much now.
0: That's, yeah. I, a lot of this movie reminded me, so you and I watched a movie that we didn't have to watch because we're sick freaks. Called uh, <laughs> It's on Shutter. It's called, was it Oracle? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of what this reminded me of at some points, which is why it didn't shock me when I saw that uh, cigarette burn, just because it's like, well, I mean, obviously, Zell Rubinstein didn't have a script or a set, <laughs> and um, yeah, ma- it was all ma- shot in ma- her house. Yeah, the majority of you know the movie outside, the movie within the 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 movie outside of the the main plot that we're given of mommy or mother or whatever it was, was in a movie theater. It obviously didn't have a huge budget, I don't think. Um, it cost so, $2 million to make, actually. Do what?
1: $2 million to make in
0: 1987. Jesus, yeah. Would you have Zelda a million dollars <laughs> in 1982?
1: What the <laughs> hell? <heck? laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, because it's... Um, it's too. I mean, I I I applaud a movie for pulling the rug under our feet. And uh, in fact, the the latest orphan movie does this.
0: I can't wait. I haven't watched it, it yet. I cannot wait.
1: To watch or it. orphan first kill does it brilliantly. It's one of the best examples I've ever seen, in a long time of it. And I love that this film does that. And I love that that the film doesn't linger. Before revealing it that it happens within the first the, the first 30 minutes of the film, so that way we can kind of get adjusted somewhat yeah. to what's going on. But then that last minute second rug pull that happens, I felt was totally unnecessary. Sure. Um, no other I, than that, I love the movie.
0: I told you I the movie kind of falls in the middle of our um, catalog. Mm-hmm. I I like a what the I like I like a, a, a you know a confusing WTF movie I, I I'll always give credit for that that's points but it just didn't do it for me I don't think the same way that um that some of the others we have watched have done um mm-hmm. it if we are I I my my I think my problem with it was that they pulled away from the horror aspect of it. And they went to like, and I know this did. time period being what it was, active shooter situations in the time the movie was shot are different than what we experience now. Um, In some respects, I feel um, we are more triggered by them, but also they're less horror-y now because they're reality. So Mm -hmm. seeing that backed out of the horror a little bit. So I, I... If it was a guy taking eyeballs out in the movie, if the mother guy had had been in there taking eyeballs out, I think it would have been better for me. It wasn't messed up enough for me, I guess is what I'm saying, Roy.
1: (laughs) So if it was like a true copycat killer where he was actually taking the eyeballs out instead of just shooting people.
0: Right. I think that would have been um, that would have been better for me. But that's me.
1: Yeah, it's just it's 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 an interesting Area because I mean this was not the only film that came out in the eighties where they had this whole aspect of a movie within a movie. I mean Popcorn did it also. Yeah. Um Demons and Demons 2 did so it as good. well. So um good. I don't think it's it's as successful as those movies, as we've mentioned. Uh, but I still enjoyed it. But the thing that that is knocking me for a loop is seeing the news of A remake is 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 going into production. Yeah, a remake of this is going into production. Uh, Here's the thing that I'm like, oh god, with this remake, because apparently they tried remaking it in in 2009 and it just fell through. But now the remake is actually happening, and they will start filming it this winter. The director attached though has got me go going, oh "Oh, shit. Oh god. the director is F Javier Gutierrez and his um other two films um that we may know of that he has under his belt is the film Demonic from 2015. Sure. But the 2017 flop Rings.
0: Oh, the, the remake the the sequel,
1: the sequel reboot to Ring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, "Oh, you you saw that movie and decided he should be the one to remake this movie."
0: <laughs> um,
1: yay. I I'm, I I'm, I I'm, I'm really curious to see who they're going to cast in this remake as well, especially the the Zelda Rubinstein character. I mean, I'm like, "Who the hell is going to play this role?"
0: It almost has to be uh no name stars at this point. Like, I don't think you can slot anybody into this movie and make it believable. Mm-hmm. That's the problem.
1: And that it, was one of the selling points of this movie was also because it, it, it cause they made a big push about this being, this is the woman from poltergeist. You love her from poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a big push for this film. I remember that.
0: So when they, when if they do film within a film, you can't have anybody, you know, in that second film, like that's mm-hmm. just, yeah, you have to Blair witch it. Um, or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could put some, you could put somebody in that Zelda Rubenstein role. Let's make it Nick Cage. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now I think we got to go totally outside of the box and and cast somebody that we would absolutely never suspect in a role like that. My vote goes to Amy Sedaris.
0: Okay, I was going to say Laura <laughs> Lenny, but sure. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, Amy Sedaris would be crazy. great in
0: that role, though. Goddamn, that's a good call.
1: <laughs> I can just see her right now doing that.
0: My problem with Amy Sedaris is she's too damn funny. So anything that was shot in that apartment is going to it's going to be played for laughs because she doesn't have a choice. So like picking up a conch shell to talk silently with her son. That's just that's just improv comedy for her.
1: No, see, see, what she should do is she should have the 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 Jerry makeup on her from Strangers with Candy, so right. that way she's got the teeth hanging out. So that mm-hmm. way when she looks, it makes his tongue. It makes his <laughs>
0: tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. I I I probably will not watch it again, but most of that is from eyeball stuff.
1: Yeah, I'd like. I said I forgot how extreme. The eyeball gore is in this film. I really forgot about that.
0: Otherwise, I mean, I would probably watch it again. It was, it's a fine film. It's enjoyable. It's worth watching for the history and uh, um, value of that twist. Like for, mm-hmm. sure, you know.
1: And I would love to know what the subliminal messages were. Oh God, yes. Where are those? To the audience. I, yeah. I want them because nowhere online, because I even tried looking online to see if I could read what the subliminal messages were supposed to be about or anything. And, yeah, I saw nothing. The only thing I could think of is that the subliminal messages must have happened during the group hypnosis scene in the theater. <laughs> it's the only thing I could think of. So it's like, were we supposed to feel like our eyeballs were in pain or, or you- you know, what?
0: Does your stomach hurt? Oh, honey, that's not what it looks like when your stomach hurts.
1: <laughs> oh, when she was hunched over like that, I was like, oh, it's that time of the month. She's <laughs> Why got. Why are you she's, rubbing she's, your she's, boobs if
0: your stomach hurts,
1: girl? Oh my, oh my God, I, 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 I can't take this movie. And then stop squishing your breasts together like you're wearing a <laughs> Wonder Bra. And then, and then you've got the one, the male best friend who's rubbing his chest also, and the other two guys are like. Is he okay? he's he's reacting weirdly to this movie, and, and I'm like, well, yeah, because he's feeling himself up right now.
0: Yeah, this the, this hypnosis makes you horny for eyeballs. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Also, what what was up with uh what was up with uh uh, her- uh, uh hero McMustache behind her that was gonna solve all of her problems for her.
1: Yes. I'm gonna go check on your friend. Don't worry, honey. He, he probably met a boy in the lobby. <laughs> I'm just, and at the same time, I'm thinking, uh, ma'am, I believe they're lesbians. So right. I, I, I have <laughs> questions. Yes, yeah, so I don't think so because they're giving obvious lesbian couple vibe. Because the way they were bickering with each other, I was just like, oh yeah, they're a couple.
0: I mean, yeah. I think the whole movie is paced and plotted and, and this is, goes back to what i was saying before and what you were saying the whole movie is paced and plotted like a sexual thriller mm-hmm. like the beats the the way everything plays even between zelda Rubinstein and her son is like i'm just waiting for something something to happen <laughs> like the whole movie like there's there's a scene at the beginning where he lets a bird out and the bird flies behind a cupboard and like that whole scene, it's just like and it's is there's something in the delivery of the lines and the whole thing where I'm just like something <laughs> sexual is going to happen in this movie. Never does. But it makes sense that he goes on to be like, yeah, OK, I'm going to make, uh, you know, psychosexual thriller movies because of course I am.
1: Yeah. And it, and the thing is is, is, is like I was trying to figure out what the point of that whole entire sequence was, other than to show that mom is a little overbearing. But even in that sequence, I didn't get that she was an overbearing mother. I just
0: think it was Uh, supposed to build the tension. Like, are they going to kill this bird? Like they came really close to accidentally killing a bird like six times. Oh, I know. That was like, my thing was like, I, I felt like that was just a heightening of tension for in the weirdest way possible. But, that's what I felt, you know?
1: You know what was another uncomfortable moment in this movie?
0: <laughs>
1: what? The e- the eating of the bananas in the milk.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, I have never in my entire life seen anyone, for starters, <laughs> eat bananas in milk like that, period. I'm just like, that's a dish, okay. But secondly, the way he was eating the bananas, <laughs> and then she's like okay it's time to imagine the circle (laughs) okay i'm done he's like licking his fingers
0: yeah he's like check my hands like what (laughs) what i was like what is going on uncomfortable movie uncomfortable movie this is
1: and i and i have to applaud the director for making me feel like i need a silkwood shower after this movie. yeah it was
0: yes yes yeah i agree
1: so in that in that aspect, it definitely succeeded. It really did.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's a it fits really well into our uh, lexicon of films. I'll say that. <laughs> you will feel gross oh, after yeah. you watch this movie. Just know that, and you'll be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you are intentionally meant to feel icky. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're. Yeah, we're moving on in September and we're doing a genre that I just realized we've not touched Mm-mm. on yet in Not those. at all. Not um, at all really. Yeah, we're doing black exploitation for the month of September. We've, <laughs> yeah, we've we not are, baby. done. We've, we've <laughs> not done a black exploitation film at all yet. So I there's so many out there but I definitely you know wanted to stay true to the point of the show and go with something that is outside of the box and unknown and what the fuck and I found one.
0: Okay. Um.
1: And boy, howdy, did I find one?
0: Okay. <laughs> um, okay.
1: Yes. Uh, I found a black exploitation film uploaded onto YouTube. Oh no. Okay. Uh, and the movie was released in 1971. All right. It's a romance inter, It's an interracial romance drama set in a world filled with neo-nazism and hatred and everything and the film um also stars um marion ross okay better, better known as uh um uh, the mother from happy days right yes um and the film is simply called honky okay
0: oh okay uh yes okay <laughs> i have heard of honky for sure uh,
1: the film the the basic plot is is that it is a it's a 1971 romance drama about an affluent black teenager who begins dating a working class white teenager and asks him for help to sell a kilo of marijuana.
0: Okay. <clears throat> okay.
1: <clears throat> that's that's the plot to Honky. Okay. And I mean when you see the poster tell me that even though it's not her And even when you see her in the movie She looks nothing like her But when you look at the movie poster Tell me, does she not look like Janelle Monet?
0: Okay I, I will I will report back on that
1: <laughs> In fact, I think I can send you the poster Right now here right. Hold on one second I'm Sending it through Skype right now Alright So uh. there it goes
0: Yes Okay <laughs> The
1: answer it's, is yes. It's it's, it's like Janelle Monet is kiss, is kissing uh, Prince Adam from He Man and the Masters of
0: the <laughs> Universe in this picture,
1: while while the while the cast of the exploitation movie, the Sinful Dwarf, is behind them like molesting her or something like something,
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, we have not done an exploitation film, really. The, you know, we 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 haven't done I mean, the, I think the closest that we can say we've come to do an exploitation film is Maximum Overdrive
1: or, <laughs> terror, like, tiny, or terror Tiny Town. Also, yeah, I mean, that's well, I mean, very that's
0: exploitive. Just better, real exploitation. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in this will be good.
1: Yeah. Here. Yeah. So
0: th- that's my pick in uh, okay.
1: and, and the episode of revealer. Andy will reveal his pick for the, I the genre. I have that um, good pick. <laughs> and good I, pick. I, I, <laughs> I will admit if we're not able to get um, I mean, hopefully, like I said, our, our schedules can meet up again and we can get the cast of the Midnight Mass podcast on the show. I'm hoping um, possibly for Halloween. But at the same time, I know that they are entering their busy year uh because uh peaches christ hosts the the haunt at the mint in san francisco so we may not get to them until next year so uh thanks to my computer which i'm giving the middle finger to um i mean i again i thank my friend simon though for being able to allow me to borrow his laptop so we can continue the show at least right uh but hopefully we can our our schedules match again and we can actually Get the cast of Midnight Mass on the show And we'll do all about evil Until then I say Andy go ahead and watch the movie Because you need to see this thing to believe it
0: Okay I'll go ahead um, and 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 uh, Knock it out and we also got some yeah. other stuff That will remain nameless in the works Oh yeah guests, Some other guests um, and, Some things Yes
1: <laughs> and I will tell you I'm having the Hardest time trying to pick something for our Halloween episode because There's just so many choices out there that I want. I was like, "Oh, that would be a good one." I'm like, "Oh, but then that one will be a good one." And I'm like, "Okay, well, what's the availability of these? Like, I don't know if I want to go like the horror comedy element, or if I want to go foreign comedy, or uh, you know, foreign horror, or whatever." So I'm just like, "I, I, I gotta think of something," but I just don't know what yet. But I got a few ideas of what we could do.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for our guests. I can't wait for uh, Lillard Fair to start up. I am, yes. <laughs> I'm excited across the board for everything we got going on right now.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Lillard Fair, I'm sending out vibes right now. If we could get Devin Sawa on this show for <laughs> uh, for SLC Punk, if we could get Mr. Sawa on this show, I will do a backflip, I'll be so excited. Um, but just putting that in the ether and hoping, you know, I'm, they, they 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 say that you have to make it happen. So I'm putting that out there. Devin Sawa, Devin Sawa, SLC Punk, get us on the show.
0: <laughs> if you if you follow us on Twitter and you enjoy us, uh, uh, reach out to Devin. See if he <laughs> wants to be on our show. We'll do the same. We're gonna try to make that happen
1: we are legitimate fans of idle hands. So yes, please
0: Of most every bit of Devin Salva's work, his seminal role in what I consider the masterpiece horror of the early two thousands finalist, just anything, just let's get him. Yeah.
1: So fingers crossed. Yes. Alrighty. So thank you uh, very much, everyone um, for joining us on this episode. We will be back later this week as we discuss the film revealer that's currently on, uh, Shutter and join us next month as we go deep into the world of black exploitation. All right, gang. Talk to you later.
0: Bye. Spread the power. That's (laughs) goddamn. Cut it in. I need that song in here.